Tell them you never know. Today's episode is brought to you by OnlySteves.com. OnlySteves.com is the only place to get exclusive content from Mike. Like the YNK Podcast Plus, where we release two exclusive episodes every month. Or Music Premium, where Mike releases two never-heard-before exclusive songs every month. So head on over to OnlySteves.com today and check it out. <laughs> All right, well, it's an exciting day at Stevenson Ranch. Uh, we're in Austin, Texas. It's also sad because we're looking at our last 24 hours here square in the eye. You hate to see it. Which I'm not excited about at all. You hate to um, see it. But one of my... The neighborhood's not happy. The neighborhood is not happy. They can't be. <laughs> I think the neighborhood association... I was going to say, yeah, the homeowners happy, association is... happy to see us go. They're over it. We're in, this, we're in this beautiful gated neighborhood on the water here in Lake Travis and insert us five idiots... Um, Skis was a late addition to the roster. Um, new signee, first signee to For the Homies. Let's give a let's get a little clap from the gallery. Hey, how are you? Hey. Don't I, don't, I don't think I've announced that, so let's, let's use this platform. Why not? Good to be here. <laughs> not a logistics company. No. Nope. But he's been added to the roster. Um, and you know, under the under the same roof. So you throw five guys shirtless, short shorts, walking around the neighborhood in a continuous loop. Uh, we got to be the biggest walk guys in the game. Yeah, I got to tell you this, though. This is how you know you're in Texas. My first couple walks, I'm walking around shirt. I look a little homeless. You know how I get down. <laughs> yeah. Beard. Got the hair up. Two times, a couple moms stop. Hey, honey, you need a ride? You good? I was like, oh, They Texas. wanted to give you a ride out. <laughs> yeah. They, <laughs> out of the gate. <laughs> they said, you need a ride home? I was like, no, I'm going to finish my walk. They no, probably would have taken me. They probably would have taken me out of the gate. <laughs> That's probably why they wouldn't let you in the workout facility. Yeah, they didn't like it. I'm just trying to get better. They booted. They booted him. Trying to get better. They booted us. So yeah, I mean, let's start there. We, I think, oh, you know, we got a sauna, a little. There's like a little, little gym area up there, clubhouse. Everything you need. Yeah, got skis. Got skis on the on the Steve plan. Getting a little, you know, really party on the weekends. It's the 80 20 thing. You know, work on yourself 80 percent of the day, 80 percent of the week. Shoot for 20 percent. Ruin yourself. Yeah, shoot for 80. End up getting 60. Yeah, and rebuild. Yeah, and rebuild. And that yeah. go back to the drawing board on Monday morning. <laughs> like, so you know, big part of Skis' drawing board is a little workout, a little sauna, and uh, I think the you know they they had enough of your shit up there. They got fed up. So, anyways, we've been here. We've been here. This is my second stint here. First time with Skis, but I want to say, my life is it's like slightly feels like I'm in a progressive commercial here because every time, <laughs> every time I'm on a goddamn walk, I'm walking by his. Hey, how are you? Hey, how are you, neighbor? <laughs> it's uh, it's great to have you in the neighborhood, sir. Great to be. I mean, I, I loved you before, but being your neighbor is another thing. It's just, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure and an honor. Well, it's we got awesome. a distant hey, how are you from uh, from the docks over there. Yeah, yeah you guys, a, a you guys don't realize ago. your voice travels over here on the water. So you heard us talking <laughs> shit about you. One hundred percent. I was honest <laughs> about it, so I had to say, hey, how are you? <laughs> uh, it's nothing yeah, like a good. friendly hey, how are you? In the You've got a couple all-time hey, how are you? I'll yeah. But uh, man, thank you for coming on, buddy. Hey, appreciate it. You're yeah. one of my favorite guys. Yeah, uh, this is a, the you never know podcast. Is, you never know what's gonna happen. But yeah, I like to I like to bring guys on. You know, we're not one of those podcasts that like sought out guests. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, Baker's in the neighborhood. Let's do it. You know. But showing showing guys true colors, uh, especially guys like like yourself, and you know whether it's athletes or musicians, whatever it may be, just like. Getting a real, actual, candid look at you. So um, I feel like this is a great opportunity. I am for all it. that is man right now. You, you are. Yeah, you I'm are. Just, I'm, just, I'm just here. You are. You are. How is, uh, you're a Texas guy, born and, born and raised in Texas, right? Born and raised here probably about 
approximately 13 minutes from this location. Really? Yeah, not too far. Went not to a, high school here, grew up, and good Not area. a bad settle-down spot. Not at all. <laughs> not a bad. It's like, it's so much different now, too. Like, this neighborhood was here, has been here for a long time. Mm-hmm. But just the whole city's blown up, and everybody's moving out west over here, so. What town are you from? <sighs> it's technically Lakeway. Lakeway? Oh, so you're like right here. Lake Travis, yeah. 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 Amazing. I mean, you've seen the thing transform. It's transforming this place. It's been crazy. Like when they, they started building the mall around there when I was going into middle school, that was a big deal. It's like we got an outdoor <laughs> mall. <laughs> yes. Well, if you're in middle school, the mall is like a, it, it's the hot spot. That was like my thing. wave. Oh, my first I had point. Yeah. Me I had, too. So 17 good. again, Zach Efron. Of course. There you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, he set the mood. Oh, oh, come on. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Hey Baker, we're catching your ball sack a little bit from that camera angle there with your leg, with your leg up. <laughs> right here? the uncle nut. It just depends on how you want to portray it's, yourself. But it's hanging right there. We're getting like a little sack we're when you put your leg up. We're catching <laughs> hey, the whole the whole interview is just a big blur blurred sack. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, let's let's start. I want to start. I want to start a little bit just your start because I you know being a fan of yours and kind of just seeing the whole transgress basically how it transpired from you know going to oklahoma having the heisman year you were a walk on it in oklahoma correct I walked on to texas tech first went there for just my freshman semester and then so i got Didn't there that. i got there july 7th or 8th i can't remember now but then um wound up getting the starting job before the season started and um started the first five games got hurt then when I got healthy again, this was Cliff's first year as a head coach mm-hmm. at Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. When I got healthy again, just a couple games later, um, thought I would just right, go back right and starting because we were 5-0 and when I started. Mm-hmm. And then it was three games later when I was healthy and ready to play. Mm-hmm. And then they didn't put me back in, and I was kind of like, the hell's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, and then at that point, I was like, okay, well, like, am I at least going to be on scholarship? Because like, at the time... Our family dynamic, like we were financially just not doing good. Like mm-hmm. my parents and brother sacrificed a, just a shit ton for me to be able to graduate here. We moved from <clears throat> probably like eight different apartments just so I could finish up my senior year here. Wow. Um, and so they sacrificed so much. And then like I was going to take a scholarship. I had five D1 offers mm-hmm. and I was just going to take one to do it. Like, mm-hmm. like, why not? You get free school. Why would I not do that? Right. Especially in the situation we're in. But my dad pushed me to go walk on. So in-state tuition was the reason why I went to Texas Tech and familiar with like the system up there and everything. Mm -hmm. So then at that point when I thought I was going to play again and they said they didn't have a scholarship for me in the spring Mm -hmm. and then they were still working on one for the fall. And at that point, I'm like, I started five games for you guys and we were five and Mm oh and you don't have a scholarship to give your starting quarterback. And I was like, at that point, I was like, I didn't even like my heart wasn't in it there to begin with because. It just it was Texas Tech, and like it was just a convenient thing for me to go there. Right. I grew up an Oklahoma fan, so when I saw that, I was like, okay, this is my opportunity. I've kind of like leveled the playing field. I could, I know now that I can compete at this level. Right. I'm gonna go chase my dream to go play at Oklahoma, and right. so I, because I had applied out of high school to Oklahoma, at the end of December semester, mm-hmm. enrolled and. My mom and I drove up, and we, because we weren't allowed to talk to anybody in the athletic department, we enrolled in school just as like a normal student. Wow. And you would not believe, like just the whole story, like, like getting up, we had to drive from, drive from here up to Norman, Oklahoma. So it's like a six-hour drive. It's not bad. Yeah. 
hop on I-35, it's just straight shot. Mm-hmm. Snowstorm hits in Dallas. <laughs> I get in a wreck. So we have to turn that car in, Hot get a start. rental car, start driving <laughs> from there. So this, this six-hour trip turns into like a 10-hour thing. Yeah. Then we, get, we check into this, <clears throat> I think it's a Hampton Inn behind like our favorite spot in Norman that we used to grow up going to the games. And so stayed there, enrolled in classes. Then nobody's on campus yet because we're there before the semester even started. Right. And um, we got, got into classes, did everything. And the crazy part is Texas Tech had blocked my transfer. So I had to redo all my prereq classes. <laughs> I had to do all those one-on-one classes all over again. So did that, Tough got drop. enrolled in all that. But then when they showed me my dorm room, I was like, oh, this is is interesting because like at tech i was with other athletes i was with one of my best friends that i grew up from here we walked on to texas tech together yeah and then i get to oklahoma and now i'm in the normal dorm and got paired up with some guy that just (laughs) a unique human being what was what were his interests is this is this patrick no. Okay, so I, I met Patrick okay. at a different okay. spot. Cause, okay. <laughs> so, okay. Cause I was so, very unique. Okay, so <laughs> we, get, we get the campus and they see the dorm, like, oh, there's a canes, raising canes at the bottom of the dorm. I'm like, oh, this could, this could be a good setup. Right. Good start. Bad for my health, but good setup. <laughs> we get up, sixth floor. It was room 608. I'm pretty sure 610 or 608. And Get up there, walk into it. Like I said, nobody's on campus yet. So I just see all of his stuff there. He's got like these cloud, like sky looking pillowcases and Pokemon sheets. And like, okay, I'm going to be, at that point, I'm like, okay, I'm going to be a little nosy. So I I open up his closet. He's got (laughs) one trench coat. Oh, man. And so I'm like, oh, what did I just get myself into? And he's got just a bunch of ramen noodles in there, like a cup of ramen right there. Mm -hmm. That's classic, though. Ramen Honestly, that would have comforted me. Uh That would have comforted me. The ramen, seeing what you saw, and then ramen, I'd be like, eh. He might be normal. Yeah, he's a regular guy. (laughs) He's just balling balling on a budget. He's balling on a budget. balling on a budget. And so then finally, you know, students got back to campus when school was finally starting up, and... we were on very different schedules. I'll just say that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can, I can <laughs> he, uh, he didn't sleep at night. He played Minecraft and other games all night, and he would sleep all day. It's a crazy uh, dynamic to be. It's a crazy dynamic to like be a guy who knowing what you went on and did, and and that's that's where it starts. He had no idea what football was, no idea. Yeah, and that was the best part, because like if he did know what it was, the few times that when my alarm was going off early in the morning. And I woke up and he was touching me with a broom from like three feet away. Like telling like, you to wake up? Like staring at me. I would have been really freaked out. But I knew that he really didn't want to cut my skin off and put it on a lamp. So I was like, okay, Jonathan, you're good, man. You're good, Jonathan. So when you go to Oklahoma, have you had any dialogue with the coaches yet? No. That's crazy. Because like, and so that goes, no that's crazy. that goes back to Tech blocking my transfer. So I wasn't allowed to transfer in conference. Screw it. I should be able to since I walked on. I was paying for school anyway. Why would I not be able to go right. to whatever school? So did that. Um, but then I didn't want to get in trouble by the NCAA and get like suspended for any reason. So I wasn't even trying to test it. So I went through school and just went up to work out at the rec center there for over a month and a half. Before I love then, it. I finally got approval. I love that. So crazy. Before I finally got approval to go to team functions, but I still wasn't like a part of the team. 
So I literally showed up to a team dinner on a Tuesday night at, at the stadium, and I introduced myself to Bob Stoops. And he was like, so you are on campus. I was like, yeah, I'd love the chance to play here. And they were like, all right, well, I guess we can come wow. to workouts. Su- suit up. <laughs> suit Start, up. Started working out in February. I, everybody's already been working out for over a month, and I'm out of shape. I'm in, I'm in rec, yeah. rec, rec shape. shape. Yeah. My shape. Hey, weekend warriors. Jamaica, no problem. No problem. That's good. Uh, but yeah, like, I literally had to shake Bob Stoops' hand and ask if I could be a part of the team. Wow. It's hilarious. It is crazy. <clears throat> so then, so when you, when you said earlier, just not to jump past it, the Texas Tech thing, you walk on there, you walk on there, when you're playing in high school here, and you're, you said you're getting some offers, yeah. what are the offers? Where, where are they? What types of spots? My first one was the Rice to play baseball and football, and then I got New Mexico, Army, I don't think I'm, you know, I'm a big supporter of service members but i don't think i'm meant to go to that service, yeah certain type of life man. um and then yeah, this, florida atlantic and washington state mm. and i almost pulled the trigger on washington state because mike leach was up there mm-hmm. and then i almost pulled the trigger on florida atlantic last minute because it was boca raton right <laughs> yeah hey, i might not it. be this pale yeah, anymore it. <laughs> it could be good for me yeah come on mm. so so that <laughs> just that idea of of being a guy who obviously you a great performer in high school but being a walk-on where you're working out the rec league and then going to where you went, where do you, uh, when you look back at it now, like, can you put yourself back in your head then? Like, what was, you know, obviously, like, it's a first experience. So, you know, when you're experiencing, like, ignorance is bliss. You're just doing it like this. You're yeah. driving up there with your mom. Yeah. You're going and shaking the guy's hand saying, I want to play here. What, when you're when you're going through that, are you, are you one of those guys like, uh, how were you seeing it? Like, I'm going to do this, you know, like the whole time. The whole time I was like, I'm going to do it. Like, I, I honestly, through that process, don't have any regrets besides like handling. But I was, I was so angry at the time of like leaving Texas Tech because I was like, I knew I deserved a scholarship and they didn't give me one. I'm, I'm angry at myself about how I handled it. Sounded like a little spoiled kid. But like at the same time, I worked my ass off to get a scholarship and I didn't get one. So I was like, I'm going to go somewhere else that, you know, I think they might, you know, respect what I work for and what I do. And, and it's just that, that whole thing, I feel like I was, I was really bitter towards that whole situation mm-hmm. at the time. But looking back on it, no regrets during the process of like, I'm just going to go do it. Like, I, I dreamt about doing this. I'm going to go do it. Yeah, so, it's badass. Screw it. But it's, it, like, it's crazy because like my competition was like intramurals. Intramural softball. I played intramural flag football for one game, and then I got banned. Um, Dude, seventeen touchdowns. <laughs> I played receiver. I was, I was balling. There's <laughs> no receiver. I guess I'm the random. I got into I got into an email argument with the head of intramurals, and I was like, I'm banned from playing real college football, and now you tell me I can't play intramurals. And they're like, Well, you're a collegiate athlete. I go, Technically, I'm not. I'm banned. So, so when was let, this? Let this is when you. This first- is 2014. Yeah. So, yeah. I'd be so pissed if I pulled up. I, I'm suiting up. I'm stretching. Yeah, look, just going look, out there for a friendly game. You got yeah, Baker Mason. I look at, well, it ain't friendly in intramurals. It ain't friendly. <laughs> it's not a friendly match. This is all I got left, you know? But I tell you what, the intramurals are fun, man. Bro, yeah. It's the best time ever, man. Oh. It's so you get fun. You get all the guys out there that, like, everybody was, like, pretty much a decent high school athlete. Yeah, they played. They're mm. competing. Mm. And they're out there because they still want to compete. until Baker's threading needles. 
Just threading needles. I'd be pissed if you started playing wide receiver, too. I'd just be pissed. <laughs> and I didn't know you were a baseball guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Two-time intramural softball champ. There we go. No big deal. Might athlete. be my best accomplishment. So what, He's getting full rides. He's talking about intramural. Um, growing up, I played middle infield and then third base. And uh, here, the baseball teams are so good. I played first base for the only time in my life, my junior year, because mm-hmm. we had all seniors, mm-hmm. and then moved back to third my senior year. Good hack on you? Yeah, swing lefty. Everything right-handed besides uh, golf and baseball. I like it. I've been dying to be a lefty my whole life. <laughs> yeah. It's just way swaggy. It right? is. It's so smooth. It is. Especially baseball well, too, It's bro. a quicker it's distance to first base. It's, like, yeah, it's quicker. I mean, and I don't got these legs don't move that quick, so I need all the help I can get. Uh, the lefty baseball swing and the lefty jump shot, man. They're special. No, whoa, 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 whoa. Lefty jump shot? You don't so see, special. You don't see many lefty jumpers. Calm down, Derek. Bro, Fisher. the lefty is so special, bro. It's not, there's not many left. There's not many out here. If you're a lefty, you better pitch. I think I'm just attracted to Kelly Oubre. Facts. Who'd you say? I'm Kelly just, Oubre? Yeah, yeah, I'm attracted to Kelly He's Oubre. He's a handsome guy. He's a good-looking guy. He's a handsome guy. Hottest guy in the NBA. <laughs> and that's on record. And that's on We're record. We're going on record. Yeah, I'll take that one. Um, so walk us, through, walk us through Oklahoma. Walk us through Oklahoma while we're here. So from that... <laughs> Hottest guy in the NBA. All right, walk us through that. Basically, that progression from you yeah. shaking his hand. Yeah. Um, so at that time, they had a. So Bob had been the head coach since ninety. They brought him in in ninety, late ninety eight. Mm-hmm. Ninety nine was his first season. Um, he had had like a bunch of the same staff at that point, mm-hmm. and Josh Heupel was the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. And he was really hard on the guys, but he could tell that like when he would speak to me a certain way, like I would like kind of give it back to him and like I would respond correctly, like mm-hmm. to like I guess harsh criticism. Right. Um, but then he wound up Steve? Mr. Steve. He wound up they let him go that that twenty fourteen season that I was sitting out, our scout team wound up having looking back on it, we probably had six all Americans on scout team <clears throat> offense. I mean, we were tearing them up in practice. Wow. Like it was debatably the most fun I've ever had in my life. It was 2014. I had, it was me, Orlando Brown, starting left tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs now. Yep. Mark Andrews, all pro tight end. Yeah. Dee Westbrook. Jesus. Doriel Green Beckham, who at one point was the number one recruit coming out of high school as a receiver. He's 6'5", jump out of the gym. Um, and then we had two running backs that wound up playing for us. They're Daniel Brooks and David Smith. Like, we, we would, we'd had fun in 2014. Yeah. How the and fuck was that the scout team? Timing. Time, exactly. Timing. timing. And so <laughs> then I, like, I built a relationship with everybody through spring practice and all that because I was competing. Like, I didn't, I knew I wasn't going to play. So I was just giving it everything I had. Right. And I got the respect from the guys then. But then after the season, they let go of Coach Heupel and some other guys. Then they brought in Lincoln Riley. Mm. And Lincoln, actually, when I was transferring from tech, to Oklahoma, called me when he was at East Carolina to offer me a scholarship. Mm. So when they brought Lincoln in, I was like, yeah. I already know he likes me. I'm going to have to go earn this job because yeah. Trevor Knight had been the starter for two years at that point. Mm-hmm. So I got to go earn this job still. But um, <clears throat> I mean, it was just like, it was all a grind, but it was like, it was all fun though. Like it was the hardest I've ever worked in my life because the strength coach there, Jerry Schmidt, is just a psychopath. Mm-hmm. I mean, he'll every strength coach I've ever met. <laughs> they're all the same. I got oh. a guy at high school that I'm like Jerry Murtaugh, the guy's the most intense guy I've ever met. Why are guys with Jerry so intense? Jerry, man. <laughs> the name Jerry, scary guys. 
Facts. It's either scary or like really, really nice. They'll really get nice. you to do it though. Yeah, they will. They got me to do it. <laughs> They'll find I don't want to do it. It did the work. I'm smoking sick. It worked. It worked. The, I lost 30 pounds with seeing you. have some respect. Did that Jerry have the 80-20 plan or what was it? <laughs> no, I was I was going for it. I was still wild and I was still 95 smart. five? Yeah, I was going I was going 90-10. I was going 90-10. 90-10. Respect it. I was drinking Michelob Ultras though in the gym. Isn't it interesting how so like, Yeah. It's interesting how certain certain players in the universe come in like you talk about this coach getting kind of placed in oh, at yeah. that right time. Oh yeah. And you, you zoom out of it or in hindsight look at it. It's like how how focal these people are. Oh, extremely. Like like that with that that whole process of like learning from Josh Heupel, just a completely different coach, like real like harsh, like military kind of. Yep. And then Lincoln comes in more laid back, more like, okay, he's going to make whatever your strengths are. He's going to try and like really, really use those. Mm-hmm. So just different, different types of coaching, but like the timing of that was perfect. Mm-hmm. Like there's, <clears throat> there's no other way I would have made it to where I'm at right now. If he hadn't come in when he did. Have you ever said that to him? Oh yeah. I mean, he knows like we're, we're really close. Um, I mean, he's out in Southern Where California he now. now. USC, USC head coach. Yeah. Um, and then they brought, Oklahoma brought back one of their old coaches, a defensive mm. guy, which, I mean, it's honestly going to be good for both schools. Mm. Like, and, and that's what it is. But the timing of all that, really thankful because, like, and then the, the players that I was with, too, mm. like, just some absolute dogs, but, like, my best friends, too. Mm. I mean, it's a good group. Are you, still, are you still in close contact with a lot of those guys? Oh, yeah. Like, I... Right before we were doing this, because I'm doing, they have my uh, Heisman statue like unveiling and stuff um, in April at the spring game, and so like it's all like invitations and stuff are going out to like yeah. former teammates and people, and it's mm-hmm. just it's like it's gonna be a fun time to like kind of reminisce on everything, right? Like everything comes full circle, and it's just like I don't know. Do you take time to? Uh, I mean, you're you're in the. We'll get to where you are now and all this shit going on, but yeah. do you take time to. Re- just kind of put yourself back there and reflect on it or are you kind of one of those guys that's just looking ahead always i tr- i try and always look ahead my i'm fam- not even looking ahead but but yeah right like now. i like live in the now but always like have sights set on something right um now there will be moments where like if we're in the right setting with like a lot of guys that were were at the time there or if i'm around my family we'll we'll pretty much reminisce all the time so mm-hmm. i mean there's there's all that because well, i mean the, it was just a good ass time. Like, yeah, it was. <clears throat> well, so correct me if I'm wrong here. Didn't you and Patty Mahomes have like a? I hosted. An, I hosted Pat on his official visit. Well, so Pat. him Love and Patty. That. Yeah. If uh, I could be wrong, I thought it was you guys. You guys had a crazy showdown in college. Yeah. Didn't you guys? Yeah. Were you guys both throwing five? Did six he go to touch- Tech? Yeah. But I think they, they were both just throwing five, six touchdowns, 450 yards, just like well, high scoring game. Yeah. So that was the funny part. Is like, so I transferred out. And everybody was like, oh, he left because he knew Patrick was coming. And they said that, like, after Pat got in the NFL. I was like, no, I actually left because I wanted a scholarship. Like, he already had one, so he can, like, whatever. It yeah. worked out for everybody. It worked out for Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. It worked out for Texas Tech. Yeah, Pretty nice for sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but my welcome back party to Texas Tech in, in Lubbock in 2016. So the, that stadium can probably fit 68,000. A lot of fucking people. It's a, it's a lot of people, and it's a lot of hostile people. Yeah, they wake up and choose violence pretty much <laughs> most of the days. It's Lubbock, man. Yeah. That's, that's what they got going on. They that's get all after we it. got, man. They tortillas and batteries at you on the field. But um, <laughs> they, I, I, honestly, not exaggerating, probably 45,000 of those people 
were chanting F you Baker during the game. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. if you went back and watched the television hey. copy, you can hear it on the broadcast. As did, they should. Did they say F you or fuck you? They yeah. said fuck you. They said yeah, fuck, okay. Yeah. Fuck. Hey, we're inside. You have your sunglasses on, Kilmer? <laughs> What'd you say? We're inside. I'm getting fucking reamed by the sun so, right now. Yeah, you are. You're I'm producing peppered. this whole thing blind, just You're so everyone peppered. knows. Yeah, we're, let's let's point out John. He's running the cam. He's running audio. Where's the camera? Um I've never seen him so disheveled as yeah. he's been running around <laughs> the last hour. He's also drinking. Yeah, good. This I mean, mildly. Ease the nerves, you know. Yeah, a little ranch water, fucking ease the nerves. It's been psychological warfare for a while now. <laughs> yeah. He's so been going through when it. you uh when you're on the field and that and that's going on. I've never played football. I mean, obviously I played baseball at a fairly high level, but here he goes. No, no, I'm saying I'm I fuck yourself. Here comes the baseball talk again. <laughs> High level collegiate baseball is like a fucking the most Goldberg, people you have there. Goldberg, um, lowest the lowest ERA in history. We've all heard it. <laughs> 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 My point I'm just was, jealous. I'm, I only just jealous. Play I'm a like, baseball guy. I only play. I you baseball. know, the biggest crowd we played in front of was like five, six thousand people. That's collegiate good. baseball, yeah. maybe yeah. ten max. So when you're in that in that crowd, you put yourself back there. You, does that just fire you up? Oh yeah, I'm a sicko. Yeah, you just you love that. I love it. It's like, like most of the time, and this is why I, like, I still get into little tiffs with people. It's like, I'll always find it. If we're on, I love away games because mm-hmm. there's nothing like having a crowd go from like completely roaring to completely silent. To where, and then like, I notice a lot of things going around like in the games, like just out in public and stuff. So normally when I get to the bench, I'll pick out whoever's talking the most shit. Mm-hmm. And I'll make sure I come back to that single person <laughs> every single time we do something. And uh, it winds up being just a great time. Most of the time, I get a good relationship with the away fans after. Yeah. But that's dope that you but do it's, that. It's, I'm when a sicko. So, like, when they started chaining that, I'm like, all right, cool. I'm oh, bro, the talking yeah. shit, man, it, it makes it more fun for both sides. Like, even it if does. You, if you lose, the other team gets to talk their shit respectfully and you got to wear it. Yeah. And you when gotta, you win, it's like, you got to wear it. I fucking told you. Take it <laughs> like, and you get to you get to have that moment where it's like I told you, but yeah. it makes the game more fun. It man. does every time. That's why I, college. I, I people ask me if I ever had an NFL team or like who was it. I had been to one NFL game before playing in my first, right? And it was like the Cowboys versus Giants in an a, or NFC Wild Card game, and I was probably four years old. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't an NFL fan. Like I I love Brett Favre, but I yeah. wasn't a Packers fan. Yeah. Like he was like I followed players and not teams. You're being yeah. college, college. Cause, cause to me it's the rivalry, it's the, the trash on, talk, and it's like the it's the same thing, man. Nah, I like, mean, I grew up in Austin, Texas, and I'm an Oklahoma yeah. fan. Like, yeah, well, you had to wear that one in high school. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they had to, they had to wear, wear that a lot. <laughs> no, yeah, it's the same thing, man. Like I didn't, I didn't have a, I didn't have a pro team. I was in Nebraska. We don't have anybody. I like the Chiefs. They were close enough. My buddies are Chiefs fans. But oh, you're one of those. It's go big red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's go big red. And then this, and this fucking loser made me be a Browns fan, and now I'm wearing it. You might not have to do that anymore. Well, now I'm wearing it. Yeah, the base. I've well, already said everything actually, I you can don't, say. You don't, might there? Yeah, you don't have to. Do I've that. said everything <laughs> I can say to everybody. Yeah, because you all know how I get down. Yeah, no, you get down. So now I'm just gonna, you know, yeah. you're a loyal son of a gun. Well, now I gotta wear it though. That's now, smart. Now I'm gonna be at the bar wearing what you know. You know what I mean? I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of Jack be, shit. I'm just a fan of the guys. Yeah, well, so Mike, rooting, yeah, Mike just don't care. I'm rooting man. for the guys. You know, just like, Mike's rooting for the guy. It's easier that way. He's rooting for the guy off the field though. He's not even. He don't even care. He's like, yeah, I hope he does well, but. How's he doing tonight? What's the What's he, he up to later? Yeah, what's he up to later? And like, is everything okay? How's his personal life going? Back. Yeah, I'm more like, interested in his personal life. Yeah, he's more interested <laughs> in the personal side of the guys. Yeah. I'm uh, gonna call him later. 
So you think when you look back at college, you think that was like some of the most fun you've had, even now with all this shit going on? Oh yeah, because it's like the college. <laughs> Steve, make Steve yourself out put that thing away. Steve, you gotta put that away. Steve, buddy. you gotta put the cock away. Look at him, dude. Put the cock away, bro. He's not. No, sad. don't flex it. <laughs> Are you? You're trying to tilt it up. Uh, it's, out of oh, it's definitely God. more fun because it's like not nearly business like. Like yeah, you get when you get the money that's involved in the NFL. Facts. It it's a snaky fucking business. Yeah, it is. And there's no way around it. Mm-hmm. And that, that was probably like the most eye-opening thing when I first got into the league was that. Mm. It's like that you it's really like, you got to find people that you can trust, but you can't trust everybody. Right. And luckily I had some good mentors. Uh, and Drew Stanton was, he played quarterback at Michigan State and wound up being around, a, mm-hmm. hopping around a bunch of teams. But um, kind of like really opened my eyes up to like, cause if I went into it without him, I would have been extremely naive about like mm. my like the ignorance is bliss going into college and going through that would have been completely taken advantage of in the NFL mm. if not for him opening my eyes up to that. So mm. it's like it's just like I've had a ton of pieces just like of people put into my life that like just so instrumental. It's a beautiful thing. Oh my gosh. It's a beautiful thing. That's the way life works when you're living right. You know I'd be I mean? I'd be still on the beach in Boca Raton if my dad didn't push me to walk on. <laughs> <laughs> I got feet up. Oh. Feet up. I'd be 10. You guys wouldn't know what to call me. I'd be poppy. <laughs> hey, not a bad gig, though. It's not so a bad, good, not a bad gig. Still haven't been to Boca That's where I'm headed. This thing don't work out. So yeah. when, you ball, when you ball there and you have that Heisman season, are you just, as you're, as you're in that season, what the fu- what's going through your head? Are you just, put, put us there. Because I, ha- I love having this. Yeah. There, there's, there's something, it's really, it's an interesting thing in college where that happens and you, you know, I'm buddies with some guys, and I've had some guys on this where I asked this question, but it's just going from just a regular dude, yeah. driving up with your mom, you know what I mean? Just regular shit. And then you go and you hit this threshold and, and life just kind of blast off into like another dimension almost where things, no one's treating you the same. Um, your day-to-day life, the mundane things of life. I mean, you tell me, but like, I, I can imagine, you know, what, what's going on, what's going on in your noggin? You know, like how, is, how are you... Uh, digesting that so to grasp the full picture so when i transferred from tech when they blocked my transfer they took away that year of eligibility so 2014 at that time counted as my sophomore year wow so that was an ongoing thing that we were fighting the ncaa with from 2014 through 2015 going into my 2016 season um ncaa granted that year of eligibility back so I thought I had already played my junior year, but in 2016, I was heading into my junior year again, basically. It had to feel yeah. nice. Oh like, my ah, gosh, yeah. yes. Like, like weight off the oh shoulder, yeah. Oh yeah. So at that time, I was like, I'm playing free because I know I have, this year, if I ball out and I, you know, I think I can come out, I'll do it. If not, I'll come back for another season. <clears throat> so 2016 was really when I started to see that transition. Mm-hmm. Um, then going into 2017, I got arrested in February, mm-hmm. and when that blew up in the Hates national it. media was really when I realized Been there. like how big of a deal yeah. the position I was in. Yeah, the stakes of your 100%, actions. 100%, because yeah. it was sports center. It was all this. I'm getting, oh, he's a punk. He's this. He's that. And What'd you go down for? Uh, just a little public intox. <laughs> yeah, it happens. I thought I was in trouble. I tried to sneak away from the cops. If you look at the video... Uh, mm. Didn't look real athletic. No. I said earlier my legs don't move real fast, and they did not. Dixon Street. Your Fayetteville, wheels gave out on you? Fayetteville, Arkansas. I've been. I've been. It'll Lost get you. Lost my ID out there. 
<laughs> lost my identification. I wish I would have lost mine. Then they arrested me. They wouldn't have known who it was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I got arrested going into my senior year. And like at that time, I was like, okay, I got I to gotta buckle up. I got one more season to take right. advantage of this. So like I'm a, I'm a type like I write write down my goals and like just try and manifest it and think about it and do all that. So at this time, you're already thinking like that. Like you're you're on the manifestation manifestation wave. Yeah. Like understanding what that. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Like I I, read, I wrote down all my goals that I had right next to my locker. I had this like little corner spot, and it was basically like a like a crimson dry dry erase wall, and I wrote down everything so my teammates could see it too. Um, and yeah. Just like you remember what it said? Yeah, I mean, majority of it, like the, the most important ones I remember were um, do not let anybody ever outwork you, make your family proud, take your team to Atlanta, which is where the national championship was that year, um, and go win the Heisman. And the, I, I had a bunch more goals, but mm -hmm. like the gist of them, yeah. the one I came up short was the national championship, which is like, I'll still look back on it, but when we get into that that story later, yeah. it's like everything happens for a reason. It's, but like, I wrote down all my goals then, and I just went in an attack mode. And I was in at that point. I had already graduated. I graduated in May of 2017 before the season. Wow! So I was in online classes, and wow, know. that's really early to be adopting that mindset. Yeah, I'm serious, man. No, it is. I, I was so that I, like, shit. That it, like that. I understood what of, it was at that age. And, you know, I, I was always a believer in, like, the, you know, yeah, be a good guy, it'll come back to you, but, yeah, you know, that's early, man. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm huge on it now, and that's why I asked, yeah. I, I wasn't, we, we, like, we kind of realized a little bit, a little ways into this career path that we're on, that, like, we had been manifesting things, yeah. and, you know, I was maybe inner engineering some things that were happening in my life, but I had no... You know, I understood having goals, but yeah. like, it's really, it's interesting. Most of the guys I sit down here with that I've had success, they were all doing this, a different version of the same yeah. thing. I mean, yeah. growing up here, I mean, like Westlake, the, our rival high school, Lake Travis High School, Westlake High School, two extremely good programs. Mm -hmm. But when we were not in the same district, we would play at University of Texas and we'd have 40,000 people there for the season opener. So it's like you're growing up into some serious Friday Night Lights yeah. type thing. Yeah. And, and But like you, you're used to it at that point. You grow up into it to where it's like it's always competition. But then some of the greatest advice I've ever heard was um, like that mindset manifestation, all that positivity compared mm -hmm. to negativity. Mm -hmm. Positive mindsets aren't necessarily undefeated. Negative mindsets are. Because mm -hmm. if you put negative stuff into your head, you're going to believe it 100% of the time. Mm -hmm. Positive stuff... You can you can do it every once in a while, but it's not going to always stick. Right. The negative stuff always does. Right. So it's like you have to continue to manifest that. Steve. He's switching teams. He's like, hey, hey man, come pet me. I was talking about positivity, and you leave. He's like, fuck this guy. Negative man. He's like, fucking nerd. This, guy, this guy's boring me with all his positive <laughs> mindset. Fucking thinks he's Buddha. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So so that year, now you're you're taking online classes. This is the year you go on and get the Heisman. Yeah. How much of that do you think isn't a key ingredient? Just not not I mean, having I, the stresses at that, of like at that point, I was football only, and I and I was in online classes the year prior, but I, it was like I had some in person. I wasn't the best student. I won't say that to <laughs> put that out there, but yeah. Um, but like being all in on football, and like that was like I at that point I took it as my job. Right. Like I would watch film differently. I had 
I had a different routine because I had more free time. Right. Um, and I just think, I mean, you know, you played fucking baseball in college. It's just the balance of like having class and sports yeah. is different. So when you, when you lose all of that responsibility of the class stuff, because if you don't pass, you don't play. If you lose all that and you only have two online classes, I mean. A lot of, yeah. That's so many extra hours. A lot hours. of bandwidth opened up for. Exactly. Yeah. And a lot of stress to just kind of like, okay. It's funny you look at, you talk about manifestation and positive thinking and thinking, thinking broader. It's just like when you zoom out, all these little ingredients. That's why I'm like kind of, I always like to kind of decipher these stories because it's, it's interesting how all these little pieces come into play at the right time. Yeah. Puts you in the right place, in the right headspace. Um, so you go into, so that's your senior year, yeah. but your junior year of, of uh, on the field? Or is it no, senior so year I played, on the field? 2013 was my freshman year when I played at Tech. Then I sat out 2014. And then 2015, my first year playing at Oklahoma, was technically my junior year at the time. But because it... Skis goes out to smoke a cigarette. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he didn't think he was going to be on frame, but he's completely in frame. That's perfect. Yeah, I love good that. Room. I love good that. Room, hey. He's trying to sneak out. How about it? Basically, I had two junior years, 2015 and 2016, because right. they gave me that year back after the fact. And okay. then 2017 was my actual senior year. Okay. And that was the year you, did, you had the Heisman. Yeah. So the beginning of this conversation, this question, walk, put, us, put us there when you're, when you're having that Heisman year. What's going on? When you're not really much on campus. Are you kind of avoiding campus at this time? I mean, besides football stuff, yeah. Yeah. Avoiding it. Yeah. I mean, like, we'd go out and stuff. Don't get me wrong. We had a great time. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because um, that was my third year in the offense and all that. Like, it was just, it was fun. Like, we were still, we were grinding when it came time to, like, show up and work. Yeah. Like, workouts and whatnot. But after that, we were having fun. I had this conversation with Max on the podcast. He's been on a few times. Just, like, it's interesting how, like, the sports fan looks at the athlete and it's just like you're expected to it's almost like an expectation that like yeah. oh no you don't have fun oh like you're he, a zoo animal no you you fucking work your fucking ass off and everything you do as a human being on planet earth revolves around you getting out there and performing at your highest ability and they don't even really understand that like you having fun is actually supplementing your experience, like you being in the right vibe, yep. you know, like I try to shed light on this because I know all the guys, you know, yeah. so many guys, I'm just, I see them in that light and I see, you know, I used to be a, an athlete and I, I see, you, you, even now, like I try to be really like, yeah. I try to like, be, you know, mature and evolve and not do the same things and make the same mistakes and, you know, change what I look at as fun. It's not always just getting fucked up, you know, yeah. but it's, it's like, those are essential parts of my being. Like even those experiences that you share, the camaraderie, the times, just the good times you let steam off. And it's like, it's interesting how it's kind of pigeonholed into like just a bunch of, bunch of horseshit, a bunch of fucking off negativity where huh. uh, you could probably attest to it. It's just like, yeah, yeah bro, you, you're in the trenches and you're in the trenches with these guys and you're, you're studying film and you're, everything's revolving. There's so much pressure. Like, yeah. It's nice to let off steam and do that. You have to have fun because if you're not having fun and enjoying it, then it just, all that goes out the window. I mean, you look at some of the best athletes, like you can talk about Naomi Osaka right now mm -hmm. or Simone Biles. Yeah. All these athletes that put themselves through excruciating training mm -hmm. because you look, at, you look at swimming, to me, tennis, wrestling, boxing, UFC, and um, gymnastics are like, 
five sports that like you have to train year round to have your body completely ready to go. And if you're not able to hit the reset button every once in a while, that right. pressure builds up. Right. And like you just like you start just the, all those negative thoughts, everything just builds up and builds up. And it's like it's, I'm a firm believer that you have to have fun while doing it and hitting the reset button every once in a while. Yeah. Guess what? When we're playing this sport, it's a fraction of our lives. Right. No matter what everybody else on the outside thinks, because it's that's their entertainment on the weekends. It's this much of our lives, and we have to have an identity outside of that. Because when we're done playing, that's the biggest struggle in life. Where a lot that of you, guys get in trouble. One hundred percent. You look at the worst stories ever in some of these athletes is when they're done playing because right. they don't know who they are. Because right. they have the identity of I am a football player, I am a baseball player, I am this and that. So what gave what gave you that awareness this early in your career? Just <clears throat> just the person you are, or the people around you, or I mean, to be honest with you, being raised in the family I was raised by, like. How do they treat you through all this? They're just like... I mean, my dad's always been tough on me. Like, like he expects a lot out of me on the field. My mom's always expected more of me off the field. Right. So it's like, I had the combination of that. But it's, I don't know, just being... I've always been extremely aware of how I affect people mm-hmm. around me. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not innocent to say that I'll always, like, always be more aware of, like, strangers around me, like, in a public setting, mm-hmm. more so than, like family members or loved ones or friends because right. I'm like, oh, they know how I am. I don't have to like act a certain way around them, right. but I have to act a certain way for everybody else. Right. And that's that's probably the biggest mistake you can make is like getting caught up in that. It's like, mm. in reality, yes, I want to come off as a nice person because that, you know, like I don't want to come off as an asshole. But at the same time, the most important people around me are right. the, t- the people that I should be spending the most time with right. and giving my energy with because right. time is the most precious thing. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I don't know, it, I, they just they always had me be aware of that right and growing up in an area like this where you know I was blessed to do it but right there was you know I grew up in kind of a bubble so making out of this place and being socially aware and you know <laughs> inept enough to be able to handle those situations outside of this bubble right was something that they did a great job of mm, that's amazing yeah so you go on, you have the Heisman. As as you're approaching it, are you like I'm? You got your you got one side eyeing it, like you know you're. I I pretty much knew I had it. I got to go to the Heisman ceremony the year prior. It was me, Lamar. Um, goodness, I'm going. I'm drawing a blank here. Mm. Who won it, Lamar? Lamar won it that year. Mm-hmm. It was me, Lamar, Deshaun. Dd uh, Westbrook, my teammate, and Jabril Peppers. Okay. Jesus. Um, and so, but I knew I wasn't going to win it because Lamar mm. balled his ass off that year. Mm. Like he went unbelievable. Yeah, he went down. And I mean, me and Dd were there as teammates. We had, we had our family and friends there. We just had a good time. Like we enjoy, we were enjoying it. We knew we weren't going to win. <laughs> so then the next year we came back and it was me, Lamar, and Bryce Love running back for Stanford. Um, and like I pretty much knew I was going to win it. Mm. But we knew the people that worked at the event. We knew all that. So it was like. Then we had a ton of family and friends in, and it was like it was just like that whole 2017 year was just so surreal because it was like I grew up wanting to play football at Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and I went there, and after all the NCAA campaigns that I played on Xbox, I wound up winning the Heisman. Like you, like it's just like <laughs> I dreamt of that, yeah, and that's I, why I, I that's got what, to live it. That's why I'm focusing on because it it's, it's like nuts. the Heisman is just it's such a tiny club. It's such a tiny club of human beings. Yeah. That are in it. And I was the eighty third person to win it. It's crazy. And when like that, when I like I didn't know that, but right. when I got there and they told me that, it's like, 
they don't tell you like when you're signing stuff for the Heisman stuff, they don't have you write your number like when you do your signature. They write the year like you're supposed to write year. Mm. So it's like because they try and like keep track of all the years yeah. and stuff because it's like it really is like a special fraternity. They don't yeah. they don't give a damn about your jersey number. Yeah, they don't care. Yeah, it's different. Yeah. It's crazy hearing you say that you uh you you were playing the Heisman because you you play NCAA football. And, yeah, yeah. And there's like they have this thing you go win the Heisman. You know, yeah. I want a couple of Heisman's myself. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine. It's debatably more important. I can't imagine. <laughs> I mean, hey, busted my ass. It's earned, not given. You know, <laughs> I lost a couple too. <laughs> I will it's say, crazy. I, did, I did bump my ratings up. I, I was yeah. pretty fast compared to what <laughs> it actually really, was. It's a crazy full circle moment, though. Man. It is. Like, it is nuts. It's nuts. It is. So as as that's happening, are you are you like kind of uh, are you in awe of it all, or is you kind of just? I was. Because like, you're fucking young at this point. Like you're you're a young man. Yeah. Like. I, I'm, I feel like I'm a fucking infant still. I'm like pretty old at this point. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm in middle age where like I become more reflective. Midlife like, crisis right now? Not at all. <laughs> yeah, now you're, no, hey, but like you're young for you're, you're young for old now. Yeah, yeah. I feel like a fucking baby. But like I look <laughs> back at, I look, I look back. You fucking baby. Look at the baby. Um, I look back and I'm like, I wasn't really, uh, I wasn't fucking dialed in like. You know, like just the overall, I was just so like, you yeah. know, just so short-sighted. And 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 you th there's something to that. You know, there's something to that just being so so tuned in and dialed in to like the task at hand. And it's not really, yeah. you know, but it's more of a reflective thing. But winning a Heisman is, is different, you know, and it's where you, when that's happening, you're just kind of blown away by it or is it something that- I was that completely blown away because mm. it was like- at, then at that time, like seeing some of the people at the university be there for the event, my family be there. It's like I had some really instrumental people there, and like then like what, it didn't really hit me till I got up on stage to give my speech. Like compare well, the nerves, compare the nerves of that I to going out in the field. I don't get nerves when I go out in the field because I like I have I have a million reps doing the stuff that I do. Like when you do it that many times, you should have confidence Facts. in it. Um. I take that back. It wasn't when I got on the stage. During the day of the Heisman, I got this is I'm still fucking pissed about this. <laughs> My brother, Mark Andrews, and a couple other buddies that came into town for it mm -hmm. um, decided to go to Central Park. And ceremony's in December, right? So it's snowing. Everybody here's seen Elf. Yeah. The classic scene. <laughs> Will Ferrell, Bud of the Elf, starts pegging kids with snowballs. <laughs> yeah. They reenacted this fucking scene. <laughs> they beat these kids up in Central Park with snowballs. It's probably better you missed that one. And I wasn't there for it. Was doing 100 miles I was so angry because I was in the hotel trying to write my speech and like trying to gather my thoughts of like who to thank and all that. On the 11th hour, he's like, thank you. <laughs> Just zero preparation into it. He's like, I knew I was winning it. It's like a SpongeBob episode three hours later, and I still don't have anything because I'm like just sitting there watching videos of them pegging these kids in Central Park. Uh, but yeah, the nerves don't hit me until things like that. And like, yeah, public speaking used to be one of my biggest fears. Mm. And so that's why, like, in that time, like, okay, this is the biggest stage possible for me to speak at, at that time. Mm -hmm. And, um, but yeah, it, it was so surreal, though, like writing names down, people to thank, all that. But yeah. just in, the whole thing. In hindsight, give yourself a grade on the speech. Shoot, I don't even know. Don't be soft. Don't. Don't be be a hard be be, be your, not even a harsh critic. Just just give your honest give it give an honest pulse like on it. Barnes and Noble ratings or what are we going yeah, for? Yeah, Barnes and Nobles. Barnes and Nobles. Do like five stars, right? 
We'll give it a five. I, I mean, but like, he's thinking it's about a, it. It's probably <laughs> a, it's probably a three point eight. Three point eight. It's good numbers though. There could have been more emotion. You're right. Were you were you purposely trying Don't be so to hard yourself? Were you was there a point where you're like trying to tuck the emotion or it just didn't? It just oh, I definitely didn't. like had to pause to like not weep mm. on stage, mm. not full blown. Just yeah, because there's a fine line where you like you show the emotion. I when I see people cry, I cry immediately. I'm exactly. somehow turned into well, a bitch. And so it, and I'm thanking my family and I look down and I could see my dad tearing up. Yeah, he doesn't cry. My mom's obviously crying mm-hmm. and my brother was tearing up and I'm like shit. Here we go. <laughs> Fuck. Don't you do this. Don't you do this. Don't you look at me like that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's 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 things like that. I was definitely trying to tuck the emotions back, but like mm-hmm. it was just so pure and raw. Yeah, you like, did great. Yeah. You did great. Felt good about it. I do gotta I gotta tell this story though, that when I met Baker. Oh jeez. No, no, this is good. This this is funny. It's funny <laughs> for me, really. So at the time I'm living, so I'm living okay. with and then just to, to connect the dots here. <laughs> the first guy I met when I got to OU's campus. So keep in mind, I told you the story how yeah, when even go. when I got to the dorms, nobody's on campus yet. Yep. So even my roommate Jonathan Rester, my dog, Shout wasn't out. even there. Shout out Jonathan. Um, <laughs> he definitely doesn't listen to podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Or give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the first guy I met actually was living in an apartment complex. That So there was a girl that went to my high school. They went to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And she was like, hey, these guys are having a party tonight. Like, come over and meet some friends. And it's like, my, me and my mom are still staying in the hotel. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, mom, I'm going to pop I'm, out. I'm going to go to a college party. <laughs> Let me go to a college party. She slaps me on the ass and says, go get him, son. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. But so I go over to this house and this first guy I meet, his name is Patrick. There we go. Patrick He's Hayes. getting his love right now, man. And Patty Hayes. Patty Hayes. <laughs> and Patrick grew up in Nebraska. Uh-huh. Shout out, go big red, go big red. The land of skis. Yes. <laughs> and Patrick winds up being the, the, the key piece to me meeting my future wife at the time and this slap dick. <laughs> no, so I'll tell you. So slap dick. I'm living with uh I'm living with Emily, Sammy, and Benny. Yep. I'm I'm on the couch, I'm kicking it. Me and Sammy are having a blast. You're the couch warrior the at cou- the time. And I'm a warrior too. <laughs> so me and Sam and, and I'll tell you, Emily's not Emily's not telling us shit. Yeah. And I'm a fucking sports guy. Yeah. And she's not I'm like, I'd be fired up. She's not telling us really anything about, you know, she I guess she went to one of your games. Like finally came to one of your games. I can't remember which one it was. Well, she had went to watch when I played Kansas State at a bar with Patrick, yeah, with and my brother was in town too. So she met my brother before she met me in person. Mm. But I convinced her to come back to LA for the Rose Bowl. That's what, yeah, that's what it is. Because she was living there, but she was back in Omaha for Christmas and New Year's. Yeah. So then called the Hail Mary. So, so me, yeah. I'd, oh, I chunked it. <laughs> Fifty yards. Seventy hundred yeah, yards, yeah, quarter mile I've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> over so, the thousand miles. <laughs> so, nonetheless, me and Sam here, we're going out for the night. We go. Out. Emily hasn't told us anything yet. She like mentioned that she's got like you know, there's this guy, but she hadn't said it yet. At least to me, maybe maybe to Sammy and them. She knows better. But uh, <laughs> I'd have been too fired up. I'd have been at the game. <laughs> no, so me and Sammy go out. You guys know how I get down. I'm, I'm faded. Whole, whole thing. I wake up. Oh, oh, I'm on the couch now pretty early in the morning oh this is fantastic bro i'm on the couch nobody's supposed to be you know no one's out no one's usually trying getting up that early da, 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 da. i'm on the couch i'm hung over and i have i hear somebody i hear some clicking going on like going on in the living room somebody's playing just, the system 
somebody's playing video games. Someone's and I'm like, sticks. if I'm not on the sticks, who's on the sticks? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Sammy don't play, beta, they don't play. And I'm like, what? Crack my eyes open, I look over. And Baker's in his underwear sitting there playing. <laughs> playing he's playing Fortnite at the time. Yeah, I was playing he's Fortnite my guest. He's playing Fortnite at the time. And I'm like fucking, you know, pulling shit out of my eyes. I'm like, okay, who's playing? I look over and I go. Think you're dreaming still? Yet? No, literally. I cut my shit. I'm in, you know, got my gut out. I'm in my underwear. I'm like. <laughs> Nothing's changed. Go, you were lighter then. Yeah, yeah. I was. I was way lighter then. <laughs> I looked half my decent back then. But I look over and I go, Baker Mayfield, huh? <laughs> and, he go, and he goes. You must be skis. I go for that, but I'm like, this is gonna work out. That's man. too good. That's it was good, good though, man. It was a good moment because I was like, make your fucking Mayfield. You huh? can call me Dragon. Like, and that? here we are. How how, yeah. how how long ago was that? When was that? That was January. It was right before. Yeah, I was gonna say that was like right before the draft ish. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was right after the Heisman, right before the draft. Draft day. There was like a. There was like a fucking viral thing that went on. They like someone someone played a prank on you or something. Or am I off? Oh on my that? god! Yeah, yeah like no, a you're legendary. Right. You're right. And were you dressed as Brett Favre in that? Well, they did the Brett no, Favre so photo. We did a Brett Favre reenactment the day before at my brother's That's house. That's hard. And like it originally was a joke, and then because I was training out in L.A. at the time, mm -hmm. we were we were all there. Yeah. And I was training there, and like I was on the phone with my family because they're they're here, and we were gonna come back for the whole week prior to the draft, mm -hmm. and talking about. Because Brett Favre, they have the iconic picture. He's in his like yep. jean shorts, shorts, custom shirts that they they all made. The whole family's in it, and um, but he's like he's got the he's on the call. And so we're like and like we're like oh my god, that'd be hilarious if we reenacted that. And that was the only time I ever said anything to my family about that. Like mm -hmm. the only time they like were even remotely talked about it. I get back for the draft, and they're like. There's a bunch of boxes, like Amazon boxes and stuff. And like, what Box is, of jorts? What is all this? Yeah, there's <laughs> jorts. There's it's gotta be a bunch wrangling. of blank T-shirts, a bunch of paint and stuff to make these shirts. And I'm like, well, what are y'all doing? Like, we're going to reenact the photo. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so we wound up doing it the day before the draft, and it, it wound perfect. up being unbelievable. It, it was, was perfect. I don't hilarious. know if you see it, but it's Yeah, no, I it's remember. It's if you see it, and actually, like, then I pointed out who it is, because you've met some of my buddies yeah, yeah. now, and it's like, no way. Like, Emily in the picture looks like, she looks like a 40-year-old man. It's just like, what are you doing? <laughs> Hopefully, I'm like, hi, Emily, how are you doing? Hey, how are you? 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 Hey, how are how people think about that, I get nervous about. Or, I don't know where I'm going to live yeah. in, the next, in the next 12 hours. I have no clue where I'm going to be. So my that's life on your is, mind. Yeah, my life is changing. I have no idea where I'm going to be. So crazy. All man. I know is that I can go ball out and try to ball out wherever I'm at and work really hard. But that's it. I'm like, but it's like, I'm like, shit. So you had no fucking idea really where you were going to go. No. And there's like, there's so much stuff there's in iterations the media. And how many? Like everybody's birds. saying different stuff and all that. It's like, that shit comes down to the last minute, man. It's like, yeah, what, what card am know, I going to fucking play? You don't you know? know what to believe. Yeah. And so we're sitting there. Everybody's in the living room, and we wound up having probably about 60 people there at the house, my parents' house, and um, sitting there on the couch, got my mom, Emily, and my grandparents next to me, and my dad and brother standing up, per usual, watch the TV while they shake their heads like this. <laughs> and my phone's sitting there, because like, you get a phone call before they announce it on TV, and I have my phone face down, it starts, starts ringing, and I pick it up, and I answer it, like without really like even looking at it, and I'm like, 
Oh, no, no, no. I looked at, I was like, I started looking around for Zach. You've met Zach. Yeah. I was like, what the? And everybody's like, who is it? Who is it? I go, it's Zach. He's <laughs> fucking with me. <laughs> he gave me the, and everybody, oh, wow. everybody dies he laughing. And I'm like, oh, golly. But then you get the, then you get the first pick call. Shortly thereafter. Got the first pick call and it was like just weight just dropped off my shoulders. Like, okay, I know where I'm going. Like, let's just, let's go. From the dude driving with his mom up to be a walk-on to the still first the, pick. Still the same slap dick. He same just, guy. He just went through a few more experiences. Same guy. Bigger yeah. house. Yeah. A little, little more yard space for the dog. Couple more friends. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. But he just like... The whole thing, like crazy. Like it, looking back on it, and like down the road, I'll eventually write a book. But just yeah, it's like the little stories and stuff. That like even that that day, like getting to be around all those people. Right. Like I had high school teammates, high school coaches, college teammates, college coaches, and like it just like it was everybody. Honestly, besides our wedding day, like that was the first time in my life I had had that many important pieces of my life in the same room at once. Yeah. And it was like just an overwhelming feeling of like. No matter where I'm at, wherever I get picked to, I'm gonna be fine. Right, right. Because I had I had that circle. It's an amazing thing, and it's something you don't really realize till you get out in the real world, and then like you kind of go, like you. It's like that's they call it the Peter Pan syndrome, where like you have to leave, you have to leave that you're a kid, and you have this potential of like you could be anything, you could be everything. There's so many iterations and ideas in your head of what can happen, but yeah. at some point life happens and you literally become something yeah and then there's another there's another step where you leave your father's house and you become yeah. you become your own like it's your own story to exactly write, you know and it's and that's, it's a crazy it's a crazy feeling that's what it's meant to be yeah you're supposed to leave and, and go on and do your own thing 100%. so let's let's address what's going on now you got, you you got over there Kimmer. what are you doing <laughs> He's just playing. Kimmer's been scrambling. I've never seen him scrambling. He's cute. He's scrambling. I'm working over here. Yeah, Mike, you might want to. Let's take a pee break. I'm fucking working over here. A little ranch Ranch water. Let's take a pee break. We'll be back. Since the dawn of time, men have always loved to chug beer. In the old times of Bavaria, the men of Germany would spend their Oktoberfest drinking out of a festive beer stein. In the 1980s, fraternity brothers all over America spent their Greek week pounding beer out of a funnel. And for the last four decades, the world went silent. Then came the Chug Bud, the new revolutionary way to chug a beer. With the combination of a beer bong and a shotgun, this drinking device is scientifically proven to help you chug your beer quickly and easily. Oh, and did I mention it fits in your pocket? Go to ChugBuds.com and use promo code YNK69 to get 10% off your entire order. That's ChugBuds, C-H-U-G-B-U-D-S dot com and promo code YNK69 to get 10% off your entire order. ChugBud, your beer just got a new best friend. In the Bible, many people experienced name changes. And those name changes were very pivotal moments in their lives. You have transformed through your time here. And you need to have a new name that represents that transformation. I'm excited for all the journeys you'll go on from here. And I trust that you will impact many people's lives in the process. I'm honored to have known you. For now, your name 
is Steve. OnlySteves.com I never chose number six. No? They gave it to me when I walked on. It when worked? Tra- it, when I transferred, they thought I was What were you six. in college? In college, I was six. Oh, so they just gave so it to I me. Walk, they gave it to me. It was like, here, take it. Yeah. Six doesn't just, feel like a walk-on number. I was just happy to have a jersey, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, yeah exactly. Crazy. I still want one. And you're still rocking her. <laughs> still want one. I'm still pissed, man. Let's talk about this year. You had... Well, I, so I tore my labrum completely, like, full front, like, basically 90% in the back. Um, and then that was week two. I did that in the first half. Played the rest of the game was fine. Cause like, I'm sure I was watching that game. Rare, rare, a rare sit down was for a, me. That was a Mayfield versus Amendola. <laughs> it was a showdown. Love it. Couple Shout out showdown. Dana, the best. Yeah. <laughs> Dola. The best. Uh, but then four weeks later, we were playing the Cardinals, and I dislocated my shoulder again. But I dislocated it so bad and at a different angle that the bone, like the humerus that goes up into your shoulder socket, like the big bone right here, mm-hmm. comes up into your ball and socket and it forced its way out and I fractured the bone because it like it wasn't going to be like just a clean exit right so I fractured the bone so when I had the labrum done and that fracture the inflammation I mean I had no function in my left shoulder mm. and we were going into a week a Thursday game that week Monday I couldn't lift my arm but I literally when I when I couldn't raise my arm I was like I, I can't do this mm. but like but things like that happen because you know what I was blessed to be drafted in the position I was in Right. So financially, I you know what I can I can sit out that game and know that I'm in a different position to where I can come back when I'm healthy and be fine. Guys that are paycheck to paycheck right. and are not trying an to earn a spot, it's not an option. So was this the first year that you had like a real a real health battle? Mm-hmm. How, how was tough was that? One thing after another. Um, it was I mean like mentally tough. Mentally tough because it was like I was trying to be tough and fight through it, <clears throat> but then. Physically, I wasn't as capable right. of doing what I would normally was. Mm-hmm. So I, when I wasn't performing on the field, that's when it really started going downhill. Because like, I can tough it out. Like, I don't care. I'm not going to complain about it. Like Everybody's banged up. Like right. I play quarterback. I don't get hit nearly as much as these guys that literally smash somebody every play. Every play. Yeah. I have no reason to complain. But then when it started hindering my play and it going downhill, like that's when I was like, ah, shit. And mm-hmm. that's when I started losing my own self-confidence and just losing myself. And like this mm-hmm. past year was rough. Mm-hmm. It was. It was rough on me, my family. Yeah. Just, I mean, it sucked because, like, I knew what I could be doing, right. but I physically wasn't in a state to do it. And then because physically, it was mental. Mm-hmm. And it just, like, the whole thing was one after another. And so, like, that's why this whole process of now, like, I don't know where I'm going next. Mm. Kind of similar to what, what you were talking exactly. earlier. Exactly. You're like, that, I like to control it now, and now you're in that kind of similar position. That's God telling me, hey, man, you can't control your life. You have a plan that's already been written for you, and you don't get to be in control. We make plans, and God laughs. <laughs> He's a sicko. <laughs> he took me down to the studs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and that's that's and that's what at. we talked about this the other night. It was just like talking about doing this pod, and I think that's what's so special about this. It's just like the human element of of athletes that like we talked about a little bit earlier, but just the impact that happens out there, the things how it bleeds into the rest of your being oh. as a as a human you know it, it really goes under the radar for sports fans like i i really do feel that way like they, they're yeah. out of touch on and that's why i don't consider myself a sports fan skis hates it because he loves sports but 
he's one of the guys too. Sports. <laughs> but, you know, like just that, what you just said, like physically, you know, you run into these things physically on the field, being limited, you know, or whatever, even if you're struggling, whatever it may be, it impacts your family and impacts yeah. everything in your ecosystem. Yeah. And that's, that's like one thing I, I feel like is kind of a lot goes by the wayside. Yeah. I mean, it's, your, it's these guys' livelihood. Yeah. You know, like, I was blessed to grow up here and, you know, grow up from a family that, you know, raised me. I got my education, I got my degree. But, like, right. you look at a bunch of other sad stories. It's like, if guys don't play ball, then bad shit happens. Right. Like, that's their way out. Right. And so when people are, like, so critical of it, it's like, these guys are, that's the way Life's they... Life's on the line. I would love to show up at somebody's cubicle and just boo the shit out of them. <laughs> yeah. And see and watch watch them crumble. Ten thousand people. Now, I'm wrong. This guy sucks. Yeah. I'm wrong for saying Bad that. Sale. I'm wrong for saying that. We talk but. about that all the time, though. We said that on the show. I've said that literally yeah. on the show. Can you imagine verbatim? Yeah. And then you have like if you just fumble like and it's, and it's not even physical. You just fumble a call like a sales Bad call, sale. and you got the rest of the week, the rest of the, maybe the rest of the season <laughs> every day people. <laughs> Just all over, and like people don't understand. Energy. This guy can't handle it. Nice phone I mean, call. They can't. I, I immediately think of this, Terry Tate's got good Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, like people don't even understand the energy, like the energy of that feeling, feeling that like. And you said something earlier. I wanted to touch on just like about public speaking, which I never would have guessed because I think you're a great public speaker. But like, just that idea of like thinking about what people are thinking about, how they're taking in what you're saying. Are they hearing you? Yeah. What you mean? Is it coming off genuine? Are you portraying it correctly? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's really, it's really hard. I, you know, even me, like doing what I do, I express myself, you put your art out there and like people decipher it how they want to, you know, but understanding, understanding that that is part of your job almost like it's, you're not going to be able to change it, especially the sports culture, it's such oh, a no. hard ass culture no. of like, you know, yeah. um, and in Cleveland, like these fucking, you know, these towns and these cities where it's just hard-nosed motherfuckers and it's like they're browns you know yeah. like generations of what like, have you done for me lately you know because we talk about your career and, and so far what you've done you go into cleveland i mean and again i'm not even a fucking sports guy i know this and i'm not even like dialed in i know because of you but go in there and turn it around the way you have you know and 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 put basically more or less thrown into a position where it's like you guys, what were they the year you got drafted? They were the first pick. So yeah. they had, a, you know, two years in a row, they were so the they first won, pick. Yeah, they won one game in two seasons. One game. In two seasons. They were, they were one and 15. And then 0 and 16. And they drafted Miles Garrett, mm. number one overall. And then the next year, they were 0 and 16. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, and that's, you know, like you have to, you have to bring, and because they were at that low point, like you bring in guys like Miles Garrett. David and Joku and Jabril Peppers in the same draft, and so you start bringing in because you're at that low point. You can bring in the right culture guys, but guess what? If you're bringing in the right culture guys, you have to feed into it. You have to let that be the one. Right. You have to let that take over. And like you bring in a guy like Jarvis Landry in free agency, and the guy will work his ass off for you. But like you have to follow those culture guys to get a place like that turned around. And you know that's that's where I'm at right now. Is like I really, truly, honestly have no regrets of my time in Cleveland, of what I tried to give to that place. Right. And true Clevelanders and true Browns fans know, know that. And that's why I can walk away from the whole situation feeling like I, I did it. And now do you, feel like, do you feel like the way the office has handled it has been disrespectful to you, given, what's, given where you came in and where they are now? And uh, I mean, yeah, the respect thing is like, 
it, it's all it's all gonna be like a personal opinion. Yeah, like, and I don't. I no, I, I feel disrespected, hundred mm-hmm. percent, because I was told one thing and they completely did another. That's what I'm in the middle of right now. And you know what? Okay, I got I got my taste of it because I've had four different head coaches in four years, a bunch of different coordinators. I've had talk about the highs. They always come back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they always come back. <laughs> always come yeah. back. But like, I mean, I had great times my rookie year. Like, I didn't, I didn't start in the beginning. I came in and got to have fun the back half of the year. Twenty nineteen sucked. Twenty twenty was great. Made the playoffs. Twenty twenty one was miserable. It's like, yeah. I'm just looking for stabilization right now, and like, I know what I need to do for right. me to be to be the best version of me, right. and to be able to lead an organization. And like, I'm in a good place right now. Right. To where like. I have no clue where I'm going. So are you, if you compare yourself to the kid sitting on his couch, feeling the angst of not knowing what's next, cool. how do you compare yourself now and how you're, how you're feeling as just like your overall being? Are you feeling that same angst? I mean, no. this is almost, no. no. Not nervous. Mm. I also have no idea where I'm going, but I'm not nervous. Right. Because I like, I've gone through a lot of shit in the past few years, but right. now I'm, I'm going to control what I can control. Right. I'm going to try and impact as many people as I possibly can and work my ass off doing it. Right. And that's, to me, that's what it's about. Right. Because, like, if I go out and say that, oh, I'm a, I'm a tough nose, I'm this, I work hard, nobody cares. Right. There's too much out there in the world today for anybody to actually believe it. You have to go show it each mm. and every day. And, like, that's, that's it. And are you, are you affected? Um, are you, you know, being a guy right now, it's like, you're, it's, you're one of the hottest topics. Like, just, are you affected by, are you, when I see you, hey, how are you? The neighborhood, hey, you're how are you? Walking your dog and, hey, you know, are you, how, hey, how disconnected are you? Um, how are you impacted by it? Are you? Oh, I mean, like, I'd, I'd be lying to you if I didn't say that I got caught up in all the, like, negativity and stuff uh, during the year last year. Um, postseason, I, when I got my sur- surgery, was out in California. My marketing agent's out there. Um, had him grab all my social media, change all the passwords, delete it off my phone. Yep. The only thing I have is Bleacher Report. That's why I get football notifications. That's the only reason I know anything going on in the world. I mean, they <laughs> even had the Will Smith slap on there the other day. So <laughs> I would have had the no slap clue. around the world. <laughs> uh, but like, I got I got out of that because. What is that? Yeah, sorry. And no, but it's it's the best thing in the world. Like, you're gonna ask, what's that do for me? Like, yeah. I don't hear opinions that don't matter to me. And I, I realized that I paid so much attention to mm. things that really don't matter. Mm. And it's made me get closer to my faith and do a bunch of stuff. Like, and just like looking inward, like the quiet yeah. time that everybody needs to spend by themselves, those, those little thoughts. Like in the beginning, I would just pick up my phone and be like, I don't have Instagram. I don't have Twitter. Like, what am I? What am I pinging my phone? It's up human, for? though, man. And like it's you like, realize that, like you're, we're addicted to it. Well, oh, yeah. And it's like, especially when people are talking about you, it's like, oh, you get different. Lost, as, as much as man. I say that, I don't see it. I mean, I used to see everything because mm. I, I would feed into it then. Yeah. And it was like it was cute at a high school stage of like uh, Baker Mayfield will never get a scholarship. He'll never be able to make it in college. Then when it gets to the point where it's it's on a national television thing, then you get you get households talking about it. You get a bunch of people. It's just all negativity. And if I'm constantly reading that, I start to think about that in my own head. 100%. It's like, why am I doing 100%. that? That's how the brain why works. Why am I doing it? It's, it's like a subconscious, you know. You're wiring your brain to think that way. And there's right. no control over it, man. Like, mm. no matter how much you read, no matter how much you want to type back and, right. yo, hey, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bust my ass. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be great. I'm going to be great. 
It, it's well, like if you're out there wasting your time doing that, are you really doing it? That's what I'm saying. Are you really doing so it? It's like, what's, yeah. what's the point? Yeah. yeah. And I used to be a silent assassin off the field. <laughs> On the field, I'm a dickhead, but yeah. that's never changed. I mean, bro, but that's what football needs, man. Yeah. That's it's, the, it's sports, man. It's like, the, it's the whole point. It's interesting. You don't really see the, uh, this guy's got his meat out the entire <laughs> podcast. It's interesting. You don't, uh, you don't really see quarterbacks be that guy. No. There's not many of you. No. I mean, very few. And like, how much, how much shit are you talking on, on like, I get into it. How people. much shit are you talking to the other team? Like as, unless I have a prior relationship with somebody, I'm not the one to start it. But if somebody says something, I'm going to reply. Yeah. I mean, I got, I'm, I'm like, a little over six foot. I got Napoleon syndrome to the max. So I'm going to reply. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm going to pop off. Yeah, because I was going to say that. Like, there, there's something. I have a good buddy, Marcus Stroman, who's a baseball player. He's very undersized. And he wears it as a, we've talked a lot about this. I've gotten him in, like, pretty heavy into spirituality and just, like, going inward. And, yeah. Because he, he's a really smart kid and he, he's very aware. And there's, there's a, definitely a validity and truth to the chip on your shoulder being fuel and being channeled properly, yeah. right? And I think, you know, you're one of those guys. Yeah. But you get to a point where you're in the fucking NFL, right? And now it's just, it's, it's like more like a battle. It's, it's you, it's the battle. You have to choose your battles. You know what I mean? Like you said, you put it really well. Like the opinions that don't matter, I don't need to hear those anymore. Yeah. You know, and, and you... You have an ecosystem of opinions that matter to you and you're able to kind of focus and you the chip on your shoulder i feel like at some point i don't know i think everyone's different you know yeah. but do you feel like you well now you probably feel like you got a whole different chip on your shoulder yeah or it never stops like how do you feel like i would have always i always used to say it's not, it's not a chip i have a boulder on my shoulder and mm -hmm. it's like but at the time when i would say that i didn't know where that was coming from mm -hmm. that was like it was my drive to be the best I possibly could, right. no matter what anybody was saying. Right. Now, it's all, it's a great fucking movie plot when you say it's, oh, it's because this person says this and this, this person said that. But it's like, you don't make it to the point you're at without having internal drive. Right. You don't. That's kind of what I was getting at. And so it's like, it's realizing that the chip on your shoulder, the boulder on your shoulder, all that, it's all motivation that you have within you. Right. Now, how you channel that and how you get it to spark, mm. everybody's different. Right. Like, right. if I think that somebody's outworking me, that's, that's when I get a chip on my shoulder. And that's, that's when I feel like I got to go do this. I got to go do that. Mm. Now, some people are like, oh, they're, they're calm until somebody talks trash to them. Then, then they have an edge. But it's like everybody's different how they channel it. Like, right. And some people are just like, they don't need to hear any of it. Like, I played with one of the greatest internal motivators, Nick Chubb. Doesn't say a word to anybody. He's extremely motivated. He doesn't tell anybody what he's doing, doesn't say anything to anybody, but he's going to work his ass off harder than anybody else. Mm. And he's just going to go do it. Mm -hmm. He doesn't talk about it. Mm -hmm. But everybody's different. But he's got a chip on his shoulder. Right. I mean, you look at some of the greatest athletes of all time. Look at Kobe. Kobe's in the gym, and he's talking trash to his teammates. Mm. That's a different chip on the shoulder yeah. compared to, like, LeBron trying to elevate his teammates. Like, right. it's just everybody's different. Right. It's weird. Right. Yeah, it really is. And it's just about finding that sweet spot for yourself, yeah. you know? Yeah. I feel like that chip starts, though, with, with like, you know, I got to prove to these, I got to prove to everyone else that I, I can do this, right? Mm -hmm. And for you, I feel like you had that chip where everyone was like, ah, he's not going to get the scholarship, even, you know, even wherever Absolutely. he goes, it's not going to And then you prove that, 
I feel like the chip now is like, you got to prove it to yourself now. It's like you're in this position where it's like, yeah, exactly. Like yeah. now it's like, who gives? I already did, you know, like exactly Heisman first round. It's like, all right, well, I think you learned I did it. You think, I think you learned it was always about yourself. It was. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, you, it's you a super young thing. Yeah. It's young to start it like, all right, oh, fuck that guy, man. Yeah. I, I'm going to show him that I can do it. But you, it's, live life, you live life and you realize like every single person, what, no matter what they're doing, there's ups and downs and highs and lows and, and mountains to climb and peaks to enjoy and fucking valleys to suffer through. They're, everyone, yes, if, if, especially somebody like you in, in these times where it feels like oh, the whole fucking world's talking about me, you know? But it really, at the end of the day, if you really break it down, it's about, it's really just a one player game, you know? And yes, everyone's different. You can channel it different ways. You can use it as fuel, whatever. But really, if you think about it, aren't you kind of giving people power over you? Hundred percent. If like when you say Nick Chubb, like he has the power, you know he he's internally motivated. Like there's a knowing, there's a knowing that you have when you're a great, when you're somebody yeah. who's gone on. No one's walked the path you've walked besides you. When you go to bed at night, yeah, you're in bed with your wife, but you're still you're alone. You're still here. Yeah. She wasn't with you every every single all the triumphs, all the ups and downs, you know, and you. I think as you get older and you realize it, it can kind of give you a little bit of peace to the outside noise. Yeah. You know, knowing that and just being, you know, again, you can channel it however you may, but that's the real power. Oh, like it when is. You, when you it have is. the self. Realizing yeah. that it's it's about trying to prove it to yourself that right. it's always been within you. Is that's, that's when, like, when it clicks like that, mm -hmm. that's when special shit happens. Mm -hmm. Because that's when it's like, oh my God, I can do this. Right. I can do it. Well, right. knowing you have the talent is just like... Well, it's like the smallest part of it. So many people that are so fucking good at what they do, and it's just like, are you gonna show? Are you gonna do it though? When you get to the NFL, are you? Are you? Is there a question when you enter? Like, you know, obviously everyone goes through periods of doubt, but like you go and you and you get start getting wins. Yeah. You start fucking winning in the NFL, you know, and like you go have like a fucking three hundred and fifty yard game in the NFL. Are these? Are these like? Are these notches to you personally when you're like? You, you no longer go back. Like, I'm sure doubt resurfaces, but knowing you're good enough to be in the NFL, be on a fucking losing team, turn it into a winning team, or go out there and just, you know, have great stats, have great games, have great passes and moments. Is that, are those stamps where you just kind of, the hurdles that you, you know, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, no, I know what you mean, but it's yes and no, because it's like, okay, the average career is three years. I just finished my fourth year. Mm-hmm. And until you make it to that second contract, even even though okay, I put this in my resume, I put this in my resume. If you have a down year, they'll cut it. <laughs> oh, excuse me, it's Steve Show. Excuse just, us, bro. Put those legs down. It's Steve Show. <laughs> He's like one of those little baby goats, and when you scare them, they faint. But yeah, you can put as many stamps on it as you want, but. It can be gone like that. Right. And I think that's the difference because, like, you have to go earn it every day. And, like, no matter what I have in my resume, until you're, until you're like, a, a six-year plus vet, even six years doesn't protect you. Mm. Bobby Wagner's a 10-year vet, all-pro linebacker for the Seahawks that just got cut, and he found out through social media. Like, mm. it's a cold-hearted business. Mm. And it's, like, you're never safe. Mm. So you have to go in and earn your stamp every day. With... With that being said, 
with the money that comes with being who you are and being a, a quarterback, and you talk about, you said something earlier about like one of your main goals was I'll never let anyone else outwork me or don't let anyone outwork you. Mm-hmm. How hard is that? Uh, how hard is that battle? Because um, it's real. I know. I know a lot of guys like have told me this. You know, mm-hmm. like how hard is that battle to? You know, like man, I got a fucking I got a crib on the lake with my wife, and I'm fucking. I'm. You know, I got X amount of money, and you know, I know how you live. You're not like a flashy guy. You know, like and do you, is it how hard is it to ignite that flame? Now it's, it's probably easier now because you got a fucking yeah, whole yeah, other fire lit yeah, up your it's, ass. It's but, different now that like I'm having to prove myself again to like earn that second contract right now right um but by the way are you saying my 2013 college chevy tahoe is not flashy <laughs> with the rap on it it's kind of it's kind of peeling it's been through some stuff i like it um <laughs> no but i drive a jeep <laughs> the flashiest thing baker's got is that golf cart out there yeah <laughs> that came with the house you still got to pump that clutch to get yeah, it you going. gotta you gotta pull the choke a couple <laughs> times on that thing um <laughs> No, but that, that's the biggest battle is it's the internal battle always. Mm. When you realize that it's always been within yourself and you've always had it within yourself, then realizing that at that point, it's up to you to motivate yourself mm. is the biggest deal. Because guys, I mean, you can get complacent. I mean, I, I know right now that I could, with how I live and the, like the way I want to live, I could retire right now financially being as blessed as I have been. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'm not going to go out and do dumb shit. But... I want to be great. Right. And so I have a bunch of extra motivation, but like the, that, the process of like right. not getting complacent is a huge deal. It's a battle. And, that, and it's, a, it's a huge battle within the locker room in my position of being a quarterback of like, okay, these, some of these guys don't play the game because they love it. They're playing it to get retirement fund. Respect. You know what? Whatever. Right. You're doing it because you're God-given talent and you, you can do it better than anybody else in the world. Right. And they're making tons of millions of dollars Mm -hmm. and they don't really care about winning they're just out there to do it how do you motivate people like that to win is where i'm at now Mm -hmm. it's like how can i get the best out of people that are making a shit ton of money because i could always motivate people when we weren't making money Mm. that was easy right i could get in their face i could do all that because you know what we're on the same playing field interesting and everyone's trying to make that money 100 percent. you're trying to get to that level (laughs) you're You're trying trying to get to the top of the top once you're there, a lot of guys are playing. A lot for of guys ne- are done playing with it. for the next contract. Because you get you get a pension after four years. You you get benefits. You do all that. So how do you motivate people that are at that point that have already reached it? That's the biggest battle for me right now. Is like I can motivate myself. I know how to do that. Mm-hmm. I've done it always correctly, but I know how to do it. Right. How can I get it out of everybody else? Because that's that's a leadership perspective of being a quarterback. I have to get everybody else around me to be better than they really think they are. It's an overlooked thing that's going on yeah. in your life in general. It's just like, yeah, I mean, even just tangibly on the football field, you're, you, you got to know what everyone's doing on your team, on their team. Yeah. The coach is thinking what you're, co- but the, the, you know, kind of unification that needs to happen in a locker room, how big, how, how, how big of a fucking factor is that? It's the biggest of all. Wow. It's the biggest of all. I mean, you look at Look at the Patriots. The rosters they had during their their prime years. Did they have great players? Absolutely. It's the NFL. You're going to have great players on every single fucking team. Mm-hmm. You have the best of the best. But did they have the absolute best roster in the NFL? No. Never. 
They had a bunch of guys that believed in each other and worked their asses off for each other. And and the goat leading the way, leading the takes charge. a special person at the helm to be able to do it. Mm. So how much of your how much of your when you evaluate yourself, you're saying this is kind of your biggest battle at the moment. How much of that? How much of your energy goes into that? A bunch. Mm. A bunch because it's like navigating. Even it. though even though I'm not trying to pay attention to the outside's perspective, that doesn't mean my teammates aren't. Right. That doesn't mean that they're not reading headlines and stuff that I'm saying. Right. Like, they see everything that I say. Right. So I got to know that. I got to know how I portray myself in the media. It's how my teammates and my teammates' families are going to view it. Mm-hmm. That's when they go home at night, they're going to talk about how their quarterback acts. Mm-hmm. And he, he better be a responsible guy that actually cares about them as human beings, not just winning. Right. And, like, how do you galvanize that? And it's like, that's a huge issue. It's really crazy, though. Like, they're talking about grown men from all different walks of life. You know, like all different neighborhoods and places and families and issues and all these types of things. Huge, strong guys who can fucking beat anyone's ass and like no one tells them what to do. They've been the biggest badass everywhere they've ever been in their lives. And you throw them in a fucking room together and stick Baker in there and be like, hey, fucking manage this shit. Yeah. And are the coaches pretty hands off in that or does it vary? It varies. Yeah. It varies. Some locker rooms understand it, some don't. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm pretty excited to be moving on to yeah. the next chapter where hopefully it is, it is understood. We're, so are you, um, are you ex- like, are you excited wherever it takes you, wherever the game takes you next, are you excited to go into the, in, into a new locker room and be like, yo, like, let me rally these guys around me. Like, yeah, but is I'm it, not, is I'm, like, I'm not going to force it. I'm going to be myself. Cause yeah. I feel like, I feel like I tried to force it when things on the field weren't going well mm-hmm. in the, like in the past couple of years. I feel like I'm going to go in there and be myself because that's worked for me in the past. I'm going to go with the same work ethic mentality. And like, and if they don't like me, that's fine. But when I step on the field and I, and I play as confident as I am and, and what I think I'm going to do on the field next time I get a chance to do it, I'll earn the respect of the guys that didn't appreciate it from the beginning. Like so, and, that, and that's, if I'm worried about getting them to like me, what am I doing? They don't care if I, if if I like them either, they want their quarterback to win. They're trying to get a paycheck. If their team wins, they get paid. So the guys that don't really personally like me, that's fine. But I have to have their respect. And the way I do that is just working my ass off me and myself. Because you can get sniffed out in a fucking heartbeat if you're fake. Yeah. They'll sniff that out Guess quick. what? They'll start liking you when the, the W's start rolling in. You know what I mean? That always helps, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that always helps, too. <laughs> yeah. Where do, you, uh, where do you think you're going to... Do you have any idea where you're going to land? Oh, man. If this would have been about a week and a half ago, I would have said Indianapolis. Um, mm. Seattle. I mean, it would probably be the most likely option. Mm-hmm. But even then, I... And, no, you, I and where you're sitting, you don't give a fuck. I just, I'm ready for the next chapter. Right. Right. the next opportunity because the only one i'm guaranteed it with the next spot is one year because that's i have one more year of a guaranteed contract mm-hmm. so i have one year wherever i go and it's my next interview it's something to put on my resume for the next job mm-hmm. whether it be i play that year wherever it's going to be and they extend me for longer or if it's that year and then i get picked up somewhere else mm-hmm. i know i have this one year to do as much as i possibly can yeah. but it's, and it's not extra pressure it's just like I've been here before. I was gonna say, I bet it feels like college again. Yeah, it's like, it, and it, and it <laughs> hey, feels give, give me the ball. Yeah. It's, 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 I was just gonna say, like, you could, you could sit back and say, Ooh, you know, 
I, you know, maybe I earned, I earned to be in a better position than where I'm sitting. You know, you could have the pity party about things. I do it to myself in life all the time. Yeah. Like, but it's a, it's kind of a, a liberating thing to be able to have, you know, you said like things like reconnecting with your faith and reconnecting with family, where you're able to just kind of assess the situation and almost and almost understand that no matter what's happening, it's happening for you if you can believe that. You yeah. know that this fucking fire lit under your ass. Yeah. You know, like you said, it's it's what you've it's what you've had your whole life. It's probably why you are where you are. Yeah, I need I need a little reignite. Yeah, I did, I did. Need a little little slap in the face. And you can feel that you can you you, you have that awareness. Yeah, um, I'm excited about it. That's a beautiful thing. So tell before we wrap up, how's uh how's life right now? I know, I know. Life, life in the neighborhood's good. Life in the neighborhood's yeah, been, been good. Been good. <laughs> I mean, well, you got a fucking peacock over bunch there. Bunch of sticklers around here, honestly. You got you got a fucking peacock over there. You said sticklers? Minus the sticklers, the peacocks are great in the neighborhood. He hates the peacock. What, what, why would he hate the peacock? The he's peacock. Got, he's got loud. The he's, peacock's loud. Hey. He used to come peck on the windows. <laughs> peck on the tires. I was walking by, though. He, he stops with, with Emily. We're talking, and I'm like, I'm fascinated with this peacock. I don't know why. I have to <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. It is it's, beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's fucking beautiful. <laughs> it's not Kelly Oubre beautiful skis. <laughs> it ain't but, Kelly pretty. It's not hot. It's it beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> Kelly's hot. But I see this peacock, and I hadn't seen one. I'm talking to my girl. I'm like, what the fuck? I sent her a video. I was like, what is that? She's like, it's a peacock, you idiot. But I guess it's like a, it's like a thing. Said, what is that thing? I was like, what is that thing? <laughs> when you saw that peacock, oddly enough, it was National Peacock Day, St. Peter's. There's the peacocks, another, there's just a peacock one. day. There's national peacock that's a, day. That's why I bet on St. Peter's there's the other a national day. everything day. Before they lost. Wait, wait, wait. To get to the Elite Eight for the first time, St. Peter's or the Peacocks, I wake up, Joey Paris, mm-hmm. throw a ball, welcome to the show. <laughs> he, uh, he wakes up, he goes, national, Pe- national Peacock Day today. Not about St. Peter's or anything. And I texted everybody. And I was like, all right, mm-hmm. open up some accounts. Make Hammer. the bet. It's St. Peter's. Make They're the winning. bet. And they ended up sneaking it by, and then Mike posts the peacock. I was like, "You can't write this in a movie." I mean, I had I had about fifty people in my DM saying, "I'm riding every time." Post oh. the peacock when you see it. I'm post riding. Post the peacock. Riding St. Peter's. Peter's are playing tonight. Come I'm on, riding yeah. St. Peter's. Yeah. It, it worked for a little bit. And we snuck some cheese. Ran out. They ran out of magic. <laughs> but I was walking by, and the thing's fucking loud as hell at night. Is that like a nighttime thing? Because in the oh! daytime, yeah. <laughs> exactly. You ready? He just ripping one. I think he's just saying you ready. It's all the same. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, but yeah, outside of the peacock, of really, really, I, I could do well, without the lady who runs the association here. She asked too many yeah, questions. Yeah, yeah. When you get young also, couples and young guys moving in here, it's like, yeah, we're a fucking well, nightmare. Well, no, uh, well, no, hold on though, hold on. We have not been any. We, what? No, we've we've, this has been the most people? laid back. I was gonna say, well, they better thank God Mike's on a sabbatical. Yeah, I am on a sabbatical. Yeah, because I promise you, if we were doing this like the Arizona house, I mean, then I would understand any it. of the other houses, anything, anything else. This place would be fucking burned to the ground. <laughs> the, the fucking asso- very the association would be in shambles. They're yeah, very lucky shambles. you're on a health kick. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah. Hey, so the where- first time I saw the peacock, though, I was walking down the street. Back to the peacock. I'm like, yo, like, you hear the noise. <laughs> it's captivating. <laughs> you, you hear it, you're like, where's this noise coming from? Because it sounds like it's literally everywhere. It like, yeah. echoes it's off just- everything. <laughs> and like, we were walking, and we walked down our street, didn't see it, oh, walked around man. the neighborhood. It was a night walk. It wasn't a morning and a night walk like you guys. We're not, yeah. we're not that healthy. I'm getting them on the, I'm getting them on the, the two a days. <laughs> the two I'm chipping away at them. <laughs> and we're walking back, and I hear it again, and I'm like, where the hell is this thing? And I look, I happen to look up, and it's on the roof. Can they fly? Apparently, if no, they're on the they roof. No, they can get a run, running jump. I had to look it up after this. They can do a running start, and they can jump like 15 to 20 feet. What is it, the pole vaults, or what do they do? How do they get up they there? They just yeah. get a vert. 
They they run down the thing with straight arms and they vault. <laughs> just fucking go for it. Respect it. I respect it's it. It's like me trying to touch Remit these days. Just running start. <laughs> My back. I'm dead. Um, but yeah, man. This, I appreciate you coming on and sitting no, with us, brother. Yeah. You're a legend. And I think people get a little window into, into fucking the guy I know. Because it really is a progressive commercial. You're that guy. Friendly neighbor. We need some sugar. Need some milk. Swing over. Swing over to the Mayfields. <laughs> I was walking to, by. He's like, you swing over to the Mayfields. Yeah, I, like, I couldn't even. Yeah. Just, I'll, I'll leave the back door open. <laughs> we did. Yeah. Uh, great little lot of land you got over there, too. What I will say is, what do we have? 36 hours left in Austin? Not yeah. even. Not even? Well, me and Blue are out here tomorrow. Can we get on the boat tomorrow for a little bit? Can you take us out? What are I, you doing tomorrow? Uh, I am the captain now. Yes. <laughs> I See. am the captain See. now. Take what, us. What a reference. I think yeah. we need to... Uh, I need, we yeah. need to talk. I mean, it's, it's going to be a great day tomorrow. Well, my, a lot of people in my life would be very upset with me if I spent this much time on a lake. Yeah, me too. Get on the lake. I yeah. feel, I'm like a little disgusted with let's myself. Let's touch the water. Yeah, let's touch it. Let's touch water. You guys haven't touched the water yet? No. I haven't touched water. I haven't even been in the I pool. I mean, like, where do you think I was going when I yelled, hey, how are you, from down by the <laughs> marina? Yeah, the boat? touching toes. I, no, I was just going down. We took Puppy down there to go freak out about the lake water. Oh, no, there we've go. gone to the water. No, I, but if you don't get in I'm the water. I'm not on the water. I'm not. I want to go fucking on the lake and, like, be on the boat. Yeah. I need to get the Lake Travis baptized. I need to get baptized. Yeah. Oh, you gotta come! Off. You gotta come back on like a Memorial Day or we were, July Fourth. We here Fourth of July. I heard July Fourth was pretty July. special. I got well, a yeah, few Yeah, you were. He hadn't been baptized. He wasn't. No, I got a yeah. few face. It's something like Nacho Libre. Like you have been the baptized. <laughs> <laughs> it just it just happens. It's not your choice. <laughs> I'm ready for it, man. Uh, second movie reference. Awesome. Maybe maybe tomorrow. <laughs> Can we do tomorrow? Yeah. yeah. Let's get weird. We're holding you to it. Okay. All right. Boys, <laughs> make the noise. Hey, love you, sir. Steve. Thank you, Bob. Let go when you fucking Super so I can party. Steve. Steve, wake the fuck up. He's a star. That was great.